In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. My Lord and my God, I firmly believe that you are here, that you see me, and that you hear me. I adore you with profound reverence. I ask your pardon for my sins and the grace to make this time of prayer fruitful. My Immaculate Mother, St. Joseph, my Father, Lord, my guardian angel, intercede for me. St. Paul writes to the Thessalonians, This is God's will for you, your sanctification. And that is not restricted to the Thessalonians alone. That's for all of us. All Christians are called to be saints. That's God's will for us. And it's important to consider this here in our prayer, in this oratory here in Manhattan, in the uh, the context of our own lives, in the context of, of really what the world sees as holiness. When they hear the term sanctity or sanctification, holiness, perhaps certain images of, I don't know, little boys with their hands folded with the you know, the sun shining through a stained glass window onto their foreheads is a, an image of holiness that uh, that might be out there. Well, it, it's, it's got to go much deeper than that, and it'll probably not look quite as pretty as that. Holiness. Our Lord shows us the way. The Lord is the way. Jesus, you are the way, the truth, and the life. And he came to this earth. He incarnated. The Holy Spirit overshadowed Mary. We have God with us, Emmanuel. And there he is in the womb of Mary, already taking, already having his effect, as we see in the visitation. When Mary brings Jesus to the house of Elizabeth, and John the Baptist leaps in the womb of Elizabeth because the Savior is nearby. And then he's, of course, born in Bethlehem and in poverty. Then he grows in wisdom. He ages. St. Joseph teaches him things. And he works. Jesus works. He's, he truly is... Uh, one of us. He's true God and true man. And he begins his public preaching. And the people are amazed or astonished. Some are fearful. Some feel threatened. Even Herod, way back at the beginning, the birth of Jesus, he felt threatened. And, and he teaches. Yeah, he actually says things. Jesus is not just some sort of vague idea out there. Now he, he, he has something to say. He, he is the Word of God, and, and he shows us the Word of God, so we do well to try to be attentive to the teachings of Jesus, which are demanding. Christianity is not an easy way of life. The symbol of our faith is the cross. Jesus said, if you wish to be my disciple, you must deny yourself and pick up the cross. What good is it to save one's life in this, in this world if, if we lose it in the next. That's, 
that's where sanctity is leading us. If we're struggling, if we're aiming for sanctity, we're going to have to look to that way of Jesus, which is self-gift. He, he, he works. He, he, he goes from village to village. village. Sometimes there's no time to eat. Um, he gets uh, ridiculed or, or slandered. And, and ultimately, of course, he, he'll be crucified. So let's put away any uh, idea of Christianity being just a nice little comfortable, peaceful area. That's just not the way it is. Well, I should, I should retract that. It, peaceful, yes. Even when we're suffering, Jesus, you are the Prince of Peace, to be sure. Jesus, you give us a peace that the world cannot give. That's what we should aim for. That's what should be the sanctity that we're, we're trying to live out. And not just simply being a nice guy. I don't know if you want a little mini title of, of, of this time of prayer, this meditation. Sanctity is not just being a nice guy. And sometimes that's sort of the, the sense out there. You know, don't bother anyone. Don't offend anyone. Uh, don't say, don't don't say anything to anyone that that might get get them a, a little bit uh, I don't know defensive or something. Well, no. Jesus came to proclaim the truth, and sometimes the truth is hard to hear. Any of us, if we've been going along in our our, our spiritual journey, hopefully we have heard things that were hard to hear. Because we're not God. We're not, we're not on the same par as God. Our will is not perfectly aligned with that of God. And so God will help us. He will, he'll give us some pushback. He'll, he'll demand of us, pick up the cross. Or as Jesus said in another moment of his teaching, be like that grain of wheat that falls into the ground and dies. And dies to itself. But from that, great things spring forth that that little seed could not, not have even imagined when it decided to die. And they're buried in, in, in the ground, in the soil. Well, is that our Lord wants to put us in the soil. He wants us to die to ourselves so that we can bear much fruit. Like, like Jesus said to the apostles, there, of course, at the Last Supper, we can, well, we can include ourselves in, in, in this message that, that, he, that he gave to them. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit. And that your fruit should abide. The Lord has chosen us to, to bear fruit. Now, he, of course, chose these apostles in a special way. His inner core of friends, if you will. And, and they were the 12 pillars of the church and so forth. But all of us are, are, have been chosen by God. We've been chosen by our name, St. Jose may like to say. He's chosen us by our name. Or even our nickname. Hey, Ricky, come on, there's work to be done. Let's get to it. It's a great adventure. Sanctity is a great adventure. It's not easy, it's not a comfortable thing. It's not just being nice to people, which is fine. That's part of Christianity. If you want to say being nice is being courteous and respectful, of course. That's that's necessary of a Christian man or woman. But we might have to say some things that are not popular these days. The things that Jesus taught and that now the world rejects, even back then at his time. 
things that he taught were rejected by the world. Even when Jesus talked about marriage, the apostles themselves said, wow, this, this is hard to hear. That, that's hard. Who, who, you know, who's up for that? Basically, when Jesus talked about the demands of marriage. So, yes, it's, Christianity was going to be a challenge for us, and even to the point of, if need be, shedding our blood. We have this great respect, this great veneration for the martyrs, witnesses to the faith. Right, right there, St. Saint, Saint James, St. Saint Peter, those apostles. Tradition holds that they were, they, they died for the Lord. St. John in exile, a certain type of martyrdom, but, and then look at the list, it goes along. Early on, St. Justin, St. Justin the martyr, great you know, the theologian, really, they have great writings of his, and very courageous, with great fortitude. To be a saint, uh, he's correctly recognized as a saint. And he, he wrote he, in this his dialogue with Trifo about, the, 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 about Christianity, about Christians. They cut off our hands, they nail us to crosses, they throw us to wild beasts. They imprison us and burn us. And we submit to every kind of torture. Yet everyone knows that we do not betray our faith. Rather, the worse our sufferings, the more there are who embrace faith and devotion in the name of Jesus. Well, that doesn't sound like a nice, easygoing, comfortable way of life, does it? They cut off our hands, they nail us to crosses. They throw us to wild beasts, and more come. People are people are drawn to that witness. Well, some, I mean, people have freedom. So, oh, well, I'm not going there. That's, you know, and that happened too, of course. Even people who who were Christians said, well, when, when things got hot and tough, they they apostatized. So, Lord, help us to be faithful. Help us to follow you. Help us to trust in you always. And yes, help us to strive for holiness where you call us to to try to be holy. Sinners that we are, of course. We're all sinners. As the saying goes, the church is not not a hotel for saints. It's a hospital for sinners. And we're in that hospital. We need We need the Lord's curing. We all do. But then he, he, he sends us out. He's, Use your freedom to give glory to the Father, to answer the call. This is God's will for you, your sanctification. As St. Josemaria, in his book, uh, the way he says a little point that oh, maybe it will touch our, our heart a bit, uh, 301. I'll tell you a secret, an open secret. These world crises are crises of saints. God wants a handful of men of his own in every human activity. Then Pax Christi in Regno Christi, the peace of Christ and the kingdom of Christ. God needs saints. These world crises, and we look around, there are world crises Going on, there's an attack on, on, on people of faith in many cases. There's a, a lack of 
respect for human dignity. There's all kinds of injustice that's right before our eyes. Okay, what am I going to do about it? And it's not that I have to be the, the I don't know, some world leader. If, it, if you're called to that, if God has given you that talent, and you should strive for it, definitely go for it. But not everyone's going to be a world leader or the president of a university. But whatever we can do within our reach, we have to strive. And that's, what, that's where holiness is going to be. God wants a handful of men of his own in every human activity. So in, in sales, in, in, in the factory, in, in the hospitals, in the, yes, in the universities, and in, in every area, God wants people there who are dedicated, who are trying to be saints, trying to align their will with the will of God, and trying to reach out to their neighbor. That's part of love. Of course, the greatest commandment is Jesus said, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your mind. And the second is this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. The saints have to try to do that. If someone's really serious about holiness, I have to love God and I have to love my neighbor. And that's going to impinge on my comfort. It's like Saint, like, like, like our Lord said to St. Peter, right? There, remember how he was... Um, this is after the, after the resurrection. He per, appeared to them for the third time. They'd been fishing, and they caught that big catch of fish, 153. They come to the shore, of course. They, by then, they, they realize it's the Lord. And then Peter has that conversation with Jesus. Now, you can also imagine them you know, walking along the shoreline there, getting away from the other apostles who are there, still, still having breakfast. And after our Lord basically names Peter as the as the first pope, in a way, well, he's already done that with uh, "You are the rock on this rock I build my church." But he 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 solidifies that in a way by these questions: Peter, do you love me? And three times, Jesus, Peter, do you love me? Peter has an opportunity to say, "Yes, Lord, I love you," recognizing that he had failed, that he had denied the Lord there in the in the courtyard. And then Jesus goes on to say to him, Truly, truly, I say to you, when you were young, you girded yourself and walked where you would. But when you're old, you will stretch out your hands, and another will gird you and carry you where you do not wish to go. Before seeing Peter's, St. Peter's crucifixion, his martyrdom. And that's interesting. That's, that has to be true in the life of any Christian, really. When you were young, yeah, you go, you go where you want. I mean, your kids, you know, play, not much responsibility. I mean, of course, parents have to teach their kids to be responsible early on and have their chores and whatnot. But as life gets more serious, we'll probably have to go where we would not want to go. In whatever area, whatever vocation God has called us to, it requires self-sacrifice, self-denial. And and that's not just a being a nice guy, Christianity. I've always been impressed by these words of, of Pope Benedict XVI at the time, 
Cardinal Ratzinger, 2002, where he was uh, asked in an interview, in this book, in this case, God in the World, he did a series of interviews with a German journalist, Peter Sewald. Anyway, he was asked, um, basically, what's your comment on the words of, of Jesus when he says, I have come to set fire upon the earth. Would that it were already burning. And Karl Ratzinger responded, this is, that is a powerful saying. Oh, I'm sorry. He also said, also, what about this? And again, Jesus said, do you think that I have come to bring peace upon the earth? No, I say to you, not peace, but division. Well, wait a second. That's not Christian. That's not being a nice guy. Jesus, why do you say that? This is a powerful saying, the cardinal responded. When he talks about fire, he means in the first place his own passion, which was a passion of love and was therefore a fire. The passion, the suffering of Jesus for love of us. He suffered. He, we know he, what he went through for love. It's, it's a fire of love. The new burning bush. Of course, Moses saw that burning bush. God is there in that burning bush. Which burns and is not consumed. A fire that is to be handed on. Christianity is to be handed on. This fire, this imitation of Christ, needs to be handed on. Jesus does not come to make us comfortable. Rather, he sets fire to the earth. He brings the great living fire of divine love, which is what the Holy Spirit is, a fire that burns. And the saints, the saints are open to the Holy Spirit. They just beg the Holy Spirit, show me the way. I'll do whatever you want, God, but I, I, show me the way. St. Josemaria prayed that way for a couple of years when he knew God wanted something of him. He's a young man, really an adolescent, really. Domine ud vidiam, Lord that I may see, like the blind man in the gospel. Lord that I may see. He wanted the fire of the Holy Spirit you know, to take over. But that comes at a price. An apocryphal saying, transmitted by Origen, Jesus says, again, this is an apocryphal saying, it's just almost like a paraphrase of the way Jesus preached, whoever comes close to me comes close to the fire. Well, We've come here to this oratory here in Manhattan. Jesus is here in the tabernacle. By definition, we have come close to the fire. And, and hopefully we're you know, open, we're, we're, we're praying. We, we began our, our prayer here, we're asking our Lord precisely in the saints to help us to pray, to be open to what, what God wants to say to us, the fire that he wants to put in our souls which might be uncomfortable. Whoever comes close to me comes close to the fire. Well, well here we are, Lord. And it's dangerous. Trying to really be a Christian is dangerous. It's dangerous to our self-will. Dangerous to our comfort. And that's good. It's good to be in that danger zone. Whoever comes, and Cardinal Ratzinger continued his commentary, whoever comes close to him accordingly must be prepared to be burned. 
especially nowadays. We ought to set these sayings against a vacuous Christianity that renders everything banal, a Christianity that would prefer to be comfortable and undemanding. We could say a, a Christianity that is settling for being a nice guy. Christianity is great because love is great. It burns. Yet this is not a destructive fire, but one that makes things bright and pure and free and grand. Being a Christian, then, is daring to entrust oneself to this burning fire. Okay, there's a nice little definition of attempting to be a Christian, of Christianity. Entrusting oneself to this burning fire. Lord, here I am. It's like our Blessed Mother at the Annunciation. Let it, behold the handmaid of the Lord. Be it done to me according to thy word. And Blessed Alvaro commented in the get-together with people in, 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 in Kenya. Then the Blessed Mother, Mary, at the moment of the Annunciation, a girl, she, she would have known that saying yes will include will entail suffering. The mother of the Messiah is going to suffer because we see in Scripture, we see in the prophecies of Isaiah, that the Messiah is going to suffer like a a lamb led to the slaughter. So Mary is saying, okay, I'll be the mother of that, of that situation. Christianity. It's yes, it's, it's entrusting, it's daring to entrust oneself to this burning fire. And not simply settling for being a nice guy. C.S. Lewis said it this way, I didn't go to religion to make me happy. I always knew a bottle of port would do that. If you want a religion to make you feel really comfortable, I certainly don't recommend Christianity. Peace, yes. Thank you, Lord. Joy, yes. Joy of service. Joy of suffering for the Lord. There's a great joy. There's a great uh, challenge. There's a great camaraderie in Christianity. There's a great sense of uh, of communion, of laughter, of uh, of accomplishment. Where there's a goal. Jesus, Saint Jose Maria had that that prayer. Jesus, souls, apostolic souls. They're few and for your glory. And we're all able, we're all include, we're all invited to this, was the great banquet. In fact, in the parables our Lord tells that the master's a little hot, hot under the collar when people don't come to the banquet. So, so he's not demanding that we be perfect creatures in order to approach Christianity or approach him, to approach the fire. No. He, Jesus gathered everyone around him. And it scandalized people. The tax collectors, the prostitutes, they're the first in the kingdom. Or this fellow here, Venerable Matt Talbot. Perhaps we've never, probably never heard of Venerable Matt Talbot. And maybe this is what we sort of look to as, as a possibility of holiness, because I think, oh, this is your St. Augustine, St. Peter, they're so far above me, you know, St. Teresa of Calcutta and St. Teresa of Avila. I'm not, I'm not there. Oh, it's true, okay, but we got to try. That's what this guy did. Matt Talbot, he was born in 1856 in Dublin. He's venerable. He's a venerable. 
which is basically the stage before blessed and canonized saint. Matt can be considered the patron of men and women struggling with alcoholism. He was born in Dublin, where his father worked on the docks and had a difficult time supporting his family. After a few years of schooling, Matt obtained work as a messenger for some liquor merchants. There he began to drink excessively. For 15 years, until he was almost 30, Matt was an active alcoholic. One day, he decided to take the pledge for three months, make a general confession, and begin to attend daily Mass. So he's, gonna, he's doing something. He's got he's to react. Okay, I, I, he realized, like, I can't go on like this. And it wasn't just a nice idea. It wasn't just to be a nice guy. So I've got to, I've got to pray. And he sees, he'll take it and get a new job. I mean, he's got to, the Lord will help, but we've got to really convert. We've got to give the Lord our best. We've got to try. And it won't be easy. It won't be comfortable. There's evidence that Matt's first seven years after taking the pledge were especially difficult. Avoiding his former drinking places was hard. That's real life. Just because a guy makes a decision, okay, enough of this life, on to the next, closer to God. No, that's a, that's a beautiful decision, but it's not easy. But he, he kept at it. He began to pray as intensely as he used to drink. He also tried to pay back people from whom he had borrowed or stolen money while he was drinking. You see this effort, with God's help, of course, it was God who does all things, but he's cooperating. He's allowing his will to be guided by, by God's will. Most of his life, Matt worked as a builder's laborer. He began a life of strict penance. See, sacrifice was part of this. He abstained from meat nine months a year. Matt spent hours every night avidly reading scripture and the lives of the saints. He prayed the rosary conscientiously. Though his job did not make him rich, Matt contributed generously to the missions. After 1923, Matt's health failed and he was forced to quit work. He died on his way to church on Trinity Sunday. Fifty years later, Pope Paul VI gave Matt Talbot the title Venerable. We all have a chance. But we gotta give our, gotta give our best. We gotta try, have a plan of life, have a, a, a way to, to work, penances. Um, now, we don't have to give up meat for nine months. That's what he did. But we should, we don't have to do that, but we should be doing something. We, we need to feel across somewhere. Like, like, like Cardinal Ratzinger said, whoever comes close to Christ is going to come close to the fire, going to come close to the cross. But that's, that's paradox of life, right? That's the source of joy. When we can really fight to, you know, to deny ourselves. And we'll, we'll fall back. We'll, we, we maybe, we'll probably. The just man sins seven times a day. We read in scripture. So, yeah, we'll, we'll have our, our struggles. But let's keep trying. Let's keep going to the Lord. Keep on that journey. Get back up. That's what St. Josemaria said about the saints. They're not some sort of unusual creatures to be studied by modern science. No. Saints are like you and me. And they fell. And they got back up and kept going, asking for God's grace. And then, yes, we do have 
saints like St. Peter, St. Paul, and St. Josemaria, and, and, and St. Edith Stein, and St. Teresa of Benedict of the Cross, I mean, we, they, they give us, a, and venerable, venerable Matt Talbot, for that matter, that's maybe where we're at. Well, so be it, wherever, whatever inspires us. St. Justin, great, let's, let's try, let's give it our best shot. Our Blessed Mother will help us, St. Joseph will help us. They want us to be happy, truly happy, not the, not the bottle of port happy, but truly happy, truly joyful, because we're children of God. And God invites us to his banquet. He shows us the way. He's with us. He never gives up on us. Sinners that we are, he never gives up on us. How good God is. How blessed we are. Let's ask our Blessed Mother to always be convinced of that and in our way, the best we can, to, to really live it out, to really strive to live those words that St. Paul said to the Thessalonians. This is God's will for you, your sanctification. I thank you, my God, for the good resolutions, affections, and inspirations that you've communicated to me in this meditation. I ask your help to put them into effect. My Immaculate Mother, St. Joseph, my Father and Lord, my Guardian Angel, intercede for me.